welcome into a late night edition of the Big League Show, or is it early morning? I'm Logan Morris, along with my co-host Cody Larson, and we've done we've done this before, not too long ago, just just today or yesterday, depending on how you look at it. But uh, we're going to talk some late night baseball, some opening night thoughts. Big Cole Larson, how are you, sir? Man, I'm doing great. I'm so excited baseball's back. We talked about it extensively, of course, on the Big League Show, and you're watching. A very special episode of the Big League Show here on the Score Air Network. Yeah, well, one of the things we intend to do with the Big League Show is to to do multiple editions a week if it's possible, if it calls for it. And so we'll have the studio time, but the studio is booked out with other students and people of that nature. So then we'll have kind of quarantined special editions. And we are re-recording this as the Dodgers and Giants are in like the seventh inning. So yep. we, are, we are going super, super live. We are going super, super live. Do you believe Jimenez just got out of that ending? No, he didn't. He was safe. Um, anywho, anywho, Cody, baseball's finally back. Garrett Cole faced Max Serger. He yep. faced Mad Max. And Mother Nature <laughs> kind of got in the way. Tell us about it. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this on the show today that we both thought Scherzer and Cole were going to throw close to, if not complete games, and in a way, they both did. I mean, Cole went five innings, Scherzer went five and a third. That's a complete game. They pitched the entire game. But, yeah, the Yankees won four to one, right? If I remember correctly, four to one. Yeah. Yeah, four I, to I thought I thought Cole looked incredible. Max didn't look bad, but not as sharp as I was expecting. Right, and I wrote down my three like takeaways was just a Cole looked great. He had gave up one hit, and that was the home run to Adam Eaton in the first inning. He only struck out five. He didn't throw nearly enough pitches to think, oh man, this guy's tired. Mm-hmm. And then Max Scherzer looked great too. I mean, he didn't look as good as Cole, obviously, but it was just one bad pitch to Stanton in the first inning. He threw a pitch over the plate, left it hanging, and Stanton cranked it 400 and. 50-some feet for a two-run homer, Stanton. That was the third thing I wrote. He looks so great. I mean, we talked about it by ourselves, off-stream, on-stream, how great Stanton looked coming into the season. And he looked great tonight, two for three, three RBIs. I'll tell you, another name that struck out to me was Aaron Judge. He had that double down the left field line. Mm-hmm. He looks good. The Yankees look fresh. They look healthy. Uh, Gardner looked like the battler he is. He's the he's the veteran of that team. He's the lone senior member of the roster as far as he was on that last World Series team for the New York Yankees. And I just thought the Max looked looked okay, but not great. Right. And he got himself into some trouble. Now, would you, if you're Martinez, if you're if you're if you're the manager of the Nationals, do you take Urger out sooner than he did? There were a couple points in the game where I would have just taken Scherzer out because I know it's a 60-game sprint, but at some point you have to treat this a little bit like spring training because, yes, you've had summer camp, but you haven't had these game reps. And summer camp reps and spring training reps are not the same as a real game rep, and it's going to take a few starts for everybody, I guess, except if you're Garrett Cole, but to get yourself into, into game shape, so... Garrett Cole looked incredible. You can't have a better debut. But here's my question. Here's my question. 
is there any reason to panic if you're the, the, the Nationals and Nationals fan base? Is that a sign of your offense might struggle this year? Or is it just you faced arguably the best pitcher in the game? I think you read my rundown before we came on here because the fourth thing I wrote down on here was a question asking, will the Nationals offense, where will it come from without Juan Soto? Obviously, he was expected to be in the lineup tonight. Tested positive for COVID-19. He's out for probably the foreseeable future. So, I mean, Howie Kendrick was batting cleanup for the Nationals tonight, which, you know, Howie Kendrick's a great hitter, won them basically, got him to the World Series, won them the World Series basically for his home run. But he's not a cleanup hitter. and Especially at this stage, this advanced stage of his career, no disrespect to Howie Kendrick, but I believe he is 38 years mm-hmm. old. Right. And, and, I mean, that's just a... I remember the time when we best knew Howie Kendrick for breaking his leg in the uh, home run celebration. Yeah. And that's been eons ago, my good man. Uh, look, I think the Nationals are in a little trouble here at this early stretch. I think we'll figure it out. My big question is, my big question is, and I don't know the answer myself, so we're going to kick it around here on the big league show like only we can. Do they, do they have enough talent to come back from the inevitable treading water session they're going to have? Soto is, is out. O-U-T, out. Rendon in Anaheim. You got to adjust to that. Uh, Scherzer didn't look his best tonight. You know, is there going to be? I feel like they're in danger. I feel like they're in danger of having a, a, a 500 stretch, and they can't really afford that. Yeah, I agree. I like we touched on it a lot when we previewed the National League, and this division is so loaded with guys. Obviously, the Mets. Are going to have problems now with the rotation with Syndergaard out, Strowman's week to week. The Braves are going to be really good. Acuna, some people's pick for MVP. I just, I don't know. The Nationals just have to get off to a fast start. And facing the Yankees right out of the gate, you have to take two games in this series, I think. You can't go 1 2 heading into your next series. I think it's I think it's a tough spot. I have to agree. And suddenly, I feel like the the I color this under the way too soon file, but I feel like suddenly the champs are reeling. You you have them you have Soto with the all of a sudden the positive test. That's at least two weeks out unless he's got Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> yeah. It's at least two weeks out, right? Yeah, I would imagine so, or it's just like Jimmy Johnson. It just depends on when you're, how long you've had it for. If he's had it for, say, 10 days or whatever, and he comes back in four days with two negative tests, then he'll be good to go, hopefully. But but, but if he's had it, say that's happened, Cody. Doesn't that make you question the validity of the testing system for a moment? Yeah, and that's the other can of worms that opens up. If Soto has had it, and no one else tested positive, what does that mean for the testing system? So my guess is he's had it probably a day or two, and he got tested, like following protocol, got tested, and luckily they found it. That's why they test every day, every other day. I forget. There's so many protocols in every bubble, every sport. It's so hard to keep up with it. But every other day they test for it as... Your dog is so cute. But they test for it, and... It came back positive, so they're going to have to spend two weeks. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think it's going to be two weeks. Yes, my dog is cute. We do appreciate <laughs> that. Um, we might have to edit that out, whatever. That's um, crazy. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I really don't know how they're going to 
to not tread water and you don't have time to do that this year. You don't have time for that 15 and 15 stretch. You don't have time for that 15 and 20 stretch. You need to win now. We're at a 60 game sprint. How much pressure, Cody, is going to be on the pitching of the Nationals to just carry this thing? We talked earlier today about the three-headed monster in, in Scherzer, Strasburg, and uh, Patrick Corbin. How much pressure is going to be on those three? I think it's going to be the same amount of pressure that's always been on the three-headed monster since Corbin signed there last offseason. I mean, he could have chosen the Yankees, but give him credit. He, for some reason, didn't choose the Yankees. He could have went and played there. I believe that's his hometown team, if I'm not mistaken. So he went against that. He signed with the Nationals because he believed what they were doing. And, and he knew, and this was after they lost Bryce Harper. So he knew going in that this was going to be an insurmountable pressure to try and bring this championship to D.C. And you saw how much they were worked in the postseason to the point where Max Scherzer's arm almost fell off. And that's going to yeah. have to happen again this year. I'm sorry, Max and Steven and Corbin. But who else can you rely on in that bullpen? Maybe Sean Doolittle. But at some point, it, the baseball playoffs is like the NBA playoffs. As every round goes on, you trust less and less people, and your rotation gets really smaller. Now, the last thing I want to specifically touch on about the Nationals, and of course they had the positive test with Soto, Sean Doolittle has been very outspoken about having some trepidation about this season. Let's play the speculation game here on the Big League Show presented by our fine friends at High Media School. Will this make him have even more trepidation and consider opting out now that Juan Soto has, has got it? And, of course, it's a teammate, which means they've all been technically exposed. Uh, that's a tough question, just trying to get in his head. And, I look, Doolittle is one of the smartest players in Major League Baseball. He's a guy who's outspoken, out front about a lot of issues, just social injustice. Just He was involved in the Black Lives Matter early on, like way before the second, not second, but this Re- another reoccurrence of the Black Lives Matters movement, and he was the research. Yes, yeah, the research. Yes, and the the negotiations between MLBPA and the owners that he was heavily vocal and outspoken about that. He's one of the smartest players in Major League Baseball, so any decision he would make would not come lightly. He's going to take everything into consideration, but I still think he's going to play. I hope he does. I think that'll. I think he's good for the game. He's a he's a fairly notable star. Again, you talked about how he's out on the out front of the, the the social justice movement that's going on in our country. He's out front with the the labor disputes and agreements, and and we're going to see plenty of that in the coming months yeah. and year in baseball. Yeah, the CBA um, expires in twenty twenty one. So get ready for another great negotiating. It's gonna. It's gonna be a. It's gonna. You know what it's gonna be. It's gonna be a big league offseason. But let's transition a little bit here. Speaking of big league, just before first pitch tonight, just before Scherzer and Cole towed the rubber, it was announced that the playoffs this season is expanding from 10 teams to 16. Cody, pardon the pun, can you give us the rundown on what's going down with the MLB in the postseason in 2020? Yeah, so there's going to be – it's. I actually like what they're doing with this. So it's going to be eight teams per league now. The top two. So follow along here with me. So the top two in each division. So the top two in the AL East, the top two in the NL East, NL Central, and the list goes on. You know, the top two there. 
and that gets you six. Seven and eight are determined by the next record, regardless of what division you're in. And the one through, yeah, I believe I read this correctly, this next part. Pardon me if it's not. One through three seeds will be determined by the top three in this division. So if the Twins, the Athletics, and the Yankees win their division, they're going to be ranked one through three based on record. And it's going to be the same for four through six and seven through eight. So, and the rounds will go three, five, seven, and seven. And the nice wrinkle with the first round, the open round, I don't know what to call it yet, the first round, opener round, the, the team with the best record is going to have home field advantage for not two, but for all three games. And the matchups will go one versus eight, two versus seven, three versus six, and four versus five. So, a lot to look forward to. Look, I love it. I absolutely love it because... Here's what we all love. We all love playoff baseball. And we now have possibility of having 65 playoff games this season if every if every series goes to their limit, which likely will not happen. But consider the fact that we have a possibility of seeing more playoff baseball this year than regular season baseball. Can you say money? Can you say win? Can you say inject it into my veins? That is incredible. That's not just insanity, my dear friends. That is low gainity level of greatness. I hate to put myself over there for a second, but I'm just wanting to. I'm just. I I can't tell you how hyped I am about that. Now I hear, I hear the gripe on. You know, it's too many teams. It's like the NBA does, and the NBA can you know too many arguably get in. And what you know, Cody, what do you say to that? Is that too many teams, or is the fact of more playoff baseball, the wild card round, which we all love, the one game play in, now becomes a best of three series? Well, you know, is it too much? Is it too little? What What are your thoughts on it? So, I love this, like especially this year since we're throwing everything away already with the universal DH and the runner on second base, the three batter minimum. Let's just try more stuff. You know, I mean, what's going to happen? It's a sixty game season. So what if a team like the White Sox make the playoffs as an eight seed? I mean, are White Sox fans going to care if they make the playoffs? I think they will care. Playoffs or playoffs. And playoffs or playoffs. Right, and team these teams are going to be fighting for it. It's going to give, like a team, for instance, like the Royals and the Marlins. We've talked about them as hey, they could sneak in, and that was only with ten teams anyway, and now with sixteen. That's an even better percentage. I'm not. A, I'm a math guy. I don't know that off the top of my head, though. But I can guarantee you that's an even greater percentage chance they'll make the playoffs. <laughs> yes, sir. If you go from ten to sixteen, everybody just got a better chance. Now a team like your Giants have an outside shot. An outside shot. I, I want to stress that I'm not being silly here. I'm not going to say they're going, but I'm saying every team now has an outside shot of genuinely going to the playoffs. And look, you can say, well, that's, that's a problem, and maybe it is, but how exciting and entertaining is that in the most unique and unprecedented season of our time? Right, and I think for baseball, usually bygones be bygones, and all the dom- dominoes usually fall in the correct direction. So when we have a one versus 8 there's likely not going to be a 8 over 1 upset. I mean, the Yankees are so good, they're probably going to sweep them, especially since they're playing all three games at home. Assuming the Yankees get the one seed, of course. But you know what I'm saying. It's Everything right. usually evens itself out in the end. So, In the hypothetical scenario. Plus, I look at it as everyone talks about how baseball is not necessarily dying, but kind of struggling. 
And so when they're struggling like they are, per se, as far as attendance and popularity and things of that nature, diehards like you, you and I really, really enjoy the game as it is. But at the same time, we talk all the time about, well, baseball doesn't have the pastime it used mm-hmm. to as far as America's pastime. So why not try something that injects it with life in the 60-game sprint? Once we get back to 162, which, good Lord willing, we get this COVID thing figured out, 2021 will make it happen, then we could talk about what works and what doesn't. But for 60 games, you want baseball to be on the forefront of being the sport that brought the most excitement back during the most unprecedented and, and, and controversial and tumultuous time of our nation. And I think this does that because everybody and their mama non-baseball fans say I love playoff baseball and we just got a whole lot more of that once again 65 games we could see a postseason baseball if every series went to their maximum length Pretty and the season is going to end the same time September 29th and the postseason is not going to November and Rob Manfred was very adamant about that on the interview today with Matt Vaskersen and A-Rod and he was adamant about hey the season's still going to end September 29th, and we're not going into November this year. So, uh, what about that? By the way, not on the rundown, but what about the lightning show that went on behind Manfred? Did you see that lightning? Yeah, show? I think you know, not to kick him in while he's down, but I think it's been pretty symbolic of what's been going on in the sport for the last however many months. Just he's talking, and then behind him is just wicked nonsense of just chaos. What? It looked like it looked like the Undertaker's entrance into the ring that Lightning did. So yeah, I thought that was great. Uh, look, I love the playoff expansion, but let's let's talk to the old schoolers, or let's 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 play the advocate of the old schoolers for a second. Is it too many teams? Is it too many teams? Period. Is it? No, I don't think so. Why? Because you you know there's a bunch of old school fans that go, that's entirely too much, right? You, I, you, you hear that argument. Right, and that's going to be an argument that's going to be made. But I think in 2020, I think we need to pull one out of the Aaron Rodgers' book. Logan, you say it best. What do we need to do? R-E-L-A-X, yeah, We need to brother. relax, and we just need to let this happen. Because who knows? We might fall in love with this 16 teams. Like, who knows? Maybe an 8 upsets the 1, and... Fans love it, and we get to next year. We dwindle it down a little bit to like 14. You know, not as many teams, but we get like a buy maybe. We figure something out to do, and with fans, who knows what could happen at that point. Absolutely. There's a a lot of things to consider, and there is some hope of baseball this year with fans. Uh, The Reds today submitted a a plan to the city of Cincinnati to have 20% capacity in Great American Ballpark, we'll see if that passes. My money is on no, but I'm saying there is a possibility of later on this season we do get some playoff baseball with fans at limited capacity, and boy, how special and how cool would that be. Uh, just And I'm not, I don't even mean for the Reds, I just mean for the entire – because it is odd to watch these games and there's not a soul. I mean, if you're watching the Dodgers right now, there's cardboard <laughs> cutouts in the, in the first several rows. And that is very odd and, and peculiar, as my late great grandfather would say. And I, and it's 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 absolutely very very strange. We'll see what happens. I love it, and you're right, Cody. It's 2020, so let's just throw stuff at the wall, see what sticks, and then we'll we'll figure out what worked and what really didn't in in 2021. We we will. We'll figure it out. People need to hang on for the ride. 
and we'll see what happens. So with that, what we're going to do is we're going to take a, our first break of the late night quarantined special opening night edition of the Big League Show presented by our friends at Ohio Media School. Let's go ahead and take our first break. In sports, you want to have a player that can get the job done right every time. A real all-star, somebody that's dependable and you can turn to when the game is tough. That player in the audio-video industry is the theater. From setting up your home's Wi-Fi network and offices, conference rooms, to setting up home theater inside or outside, to setting up the systems to make your home run smarter and safer as well. The theater people can do it all with the quality of professionalism you can expect every single time. That isn't just a great all-around player. That is an all-star. That is why we are the leaders in audiovisual installation in Central Ohio. So call us at 614-604-6327 or check out our website at ttpcolumbus.com to figure out which products will fit you. And don't forget, Amplify your personality with the theater. Do you have design ideas for t-shirts but you're not sure where to go? Go to Mojo Sports Gear. That's right, Mojo Sports Gear. At Mojo Sports Gear, you can get custom-made shirts. Whatever design you need, Mojo Sports Gear can provide it. Don't forget to grab a custom-made cap on your way out and rock the best headgear in the game. Give them a call at 614-864-6656. At 614-864-6656. And we're back here on the Big League Show, and again, this is the special quarantined edition, opening night edition. This is being recorded at nearly 1 a.m. Uh, Friday morn, as the as the Dodgers and Giants are finishing up here. Uh, but we got to talk a little bit more about something that broke after we went off the air. Now, yesterday, the Dark Knight, that's right, he's going to rise yet again. He signs a minor league deal with the Kansas City Royals, Mike Matheny's Kansas City Royals, Cody Larson, give us a breakdown on that, would you? Yeah, so he's going to sign a minor league deal with the Royals. It's a win-win for both sides. For Harvey, he's going to be able to pitch relatively easy if for Kansas City, stress-free, trying to get his feet wet. And for Kansas City, if you're taking a flyer on a guy who, you know, could have won a couple Cy Youngs. I think, I, look, there's always players that you can fully... Never get up, give up on any sport, and I'm sure you have players like that. And Matt Harvey's one of those guys for me. I'm never gonna give up on him. I still think, you know, fool me once, fool me twice. I still think he can get win a Cy Young or two. Hopefully, that's his ceiling for me. I still believe fully that that's his ceiling. But whether that's true or not, probably not. I'm just not ready to give up on him yet. He's the Dark Knight. He was such a good story for New York. The Dark Knight. So I'm rooting for him to do well in Kansas City, but my question is, in 2020, with no minor league season, what exactly is a minor league deal? <laughs> it's to hang out at the satellite camps and pitch there in some simulated games, I, I presume. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what I would presume. Look, as far as Matt Harvey goes, I've always thought that his he and his agent, uh, the infamous Scott Boris, their urgency to get out of Cincinnati was a big mistake in in his career. You know, he, he had that rebuild project with the Reds. He had about a 40 ERA, pretty respectable, given what he was coming off. Um, and I thought he should have stayed there. And I'm not saying that as a fan. I'm saying that as 
the Reds were the kind of organization that had, they were in such rebuild mode at that point that they had the time and patience to work with Matt as he tried to work out the kinks. Then you try to go to teams that are, that are, that were more ready to win at that point. And I think the pressure buckled him, not mentally, but I'm talking about, we don't have time for you to work out kinks when we're trying to win. And so to see him in Kansas city, you're right. I think it's a win-win because Kansas city now, Today's news with the postseason we just touched on maybe changes their mindset some, but it's a relatively stress-free with Matheny coming in first year, kind of getting the feet wet. Of course, it's, a, a, it's in the most unique season of the modern era, and so there's a there's not much pressure. Like I said, maybe some added pressure now that everybody in the Mama <laughs> has got a shot at the playoffs this right. year. But I like it, and, and Matt, I think you're right. Matt Harvey's one of those guys that if he were to rise and not even be Cy Young caliber anymore, but just be a respectable rotation fielder, kind of like a guy we mentioned on the, the big league show now yesterday, Homer Bailey, <laughs> if you were to kind of be at that level, that would be great for the game because Matt Harvey's one of those guys like – you love a guy with a great nickname. I know that sounds odd, but baseball doesn't have much of that. And, of course, he is the dark mm-hmm. knight. And so I know people go, well, that's that's horrible analysis slogan. No, my point is, is baseball needs names that you go, oh, I know him, the Dark Knight. I know him, Thor. I know him, this. I know him, that. We don't. Baseball has less attractive, not in, not in, not in looks, but I'm talking about in marketability right. stars than any other major sport, probably. So yeah, if Matt Harvey got back to prominence at some level, great for the game. I'm rooting for him, and I think Kansas City's a good spot. Mike Matheny knows how to build guys out the cardinals for years have been um rehabilitation product <laughs> projects that goes all the way back to the larusa and dave duncan days and i know i, I know you're saying well he coaches for the royals but he's going to bring that cardinal mentality to kansas city and i think that's why he got hired in the first place and matt harvey may be the first step in that that process yeah and i think we always whenever we bring up mike Matheny, because we are the ohio media school we have to bring we have to point out that he is a native of Reynoldsburg, Ohio. So, shout out Mike Matheny. He, he is. He, he sure is. Uh, if and here to po- point out how how we're doing this, Kike Hernandez just went. I mean, deep. what a game for him! I was going to point it out. Four for five today for Kike Hernandez. I mean, that's a great well, way to open I, the season. I think it's. I think it's a big league stash. He's, yeah, he's look. I mean, that's a, that's a big league stash. And speaking of big league, that's a big league swing he just put on that ball, taking it out to left field. The old, uh, the old Manny Wood seats. <laughs> if you mm-hmm. remember those. I mean, look, the so, first four innings of this game, the Giants looked, you know, good. They looked like, <laughs> yeah, I believe you tweeted. I believe you tweeted about you talking yourself into the playoffs. Yeah, it took two and a third innings for myself to talk me into the playoffs for the Giants this year, but... Down eight to one in the eighth inning, uh, but look, I think there's some takeaways from this game that I have that are relatively positive. Cueto pitched well, only threw sixty three pitches, four innings, gave up one earned run. I think now why why did they pull Cueto so early? I think it's more or less he's not a Max Scherzer or a Garrett Cole, so you're not expecting him to go ninety five a hundred at opening day. He's a guy you can take your time with and stretch him out a little bit game by game. So I probably his next start, no, he's going to go like 75-80, 85-90, then, you know, build up to however much his workload is. So say as long as he stays healthy, by this time next month, he'd be at that, let's go seven, let's go eight. Yes, I. that's what I would think, yes. It just depends on all what Mr. Gabe Kapler has planned for him. Now, 
Now, what other takes, what other positive takes do you have from your from your Giants ball club um, in this? What is turning into an eight uh, into a late late night route? At There's this point? a lot of things that are not good about an eight to one drubbing, but I think early in the game they got guys on base, a lot of hits. Pence, Sandoval, Ustremski. You know, just they got on base, but the one thing they were just not able to get them home. They had bases loaded, nobody out. They scored one run because of that. And I know you can attest to this because I remember watching a lot of Reds teams do that a lot. And it was really frustrating because my grandpa pointed out whenever they did it. And that's really frustrating. And only scored one run with the bases loaded tonight. So, yeah, I can, I can hear my grandfather saying now, yep, they'll die out there. <laughs> Because we we've been so accustomed to those teams that they just don't don't hit in in what you call the clutch. And look, I saw some positives for this Giants team. I didn't see coming. I thought Sandoval has looked, looked much better than I thought. I thought Cueto looked Cueto looked Cincinnati esque. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I hate to I'm not trying to overhype, but he did. He looked he looked Cincinnati esque to me. If I'm a Giants fan, that's the biggest thing I'm taking away from this game. Yes, has it turned into a, an eight to one schlacking? Unfortunately, it has. Um, Gabe Kapler has got a, got a bit of a culture shock coming because, like they talked about on the broadcast for uh, the big network, uh, the mothership, I'll say. Don't know if we can legally mention them at the moment. Um, the talent in San Francisco and the talent as far as star players go in Philadelphia is night and day difference. Yeah. And so it's going to be a culture shock for him, and I think he has to not – not relearn how to manage per se, but he's got to know it's a different ball club, different culture, different feel, different look, different face, different everything. So he's got to make some adjustments to his style. And I think, I think if he had to do it over again, you leave Cueto in there. Mm-hmm. And you might say that's nuts, but it's turned into an eight to one, as you said, Cody, drubbing. Well, I think you leave Cueto in there another inning. You never know how that might change an entire game. Yeah, and I think, you know, Kapler, fair or not, got a lot of uh, slack for how he handled the bullpen in Philadelphia. He was booed before the home opener when his very first game. Like, welcome to Philadelphia, Gabe. You suck. Or, you know, that's the thing from Philadelphia Phillies fans. High expectations. He didn't manage well enough for them. And... Here in San Francisco, I guess said here, but I'm here in Columbus, Ohio. In San Francisco, he's going to be able to build his own culture. I think this is his team for the long haul, whether you like it or not. I wasn't a fan at the time. I thought there was a couple of names I would have hired over him. But, again, I'm not Farhan Zaidi. And Zaidi and Kaplan go way back to their time with the Dodgers. So it made sense for the Giants. I wanted a guy like Joe Girardi. But understanding for the long haul, Gabe Kaplan might be the answer. So you wanted Joe Girardi, instead you got the guy that Joe Girardi replaced. I'll tell you another bright spot quickly. He just got a base hit in the left field. Uh, Alex Dickerson is go- going two for four thus far tonight. Young guy, I mean, that's a bright spot to look at because people go, well, what's that matter? You're down eight to one. Hitting, as they say, is contagious. Maybe that carries over this entire series and they come back and win the next two. So uh, I think I think that's important. Every, every, every and it, it matters all the time. But in a 60-game year, in the game, in the game of baseball, hitting is contagious. You want to get every run you can, not necessarily because the Giants are going to come back and win this game and now the top of the ninth. No, they're probably not. 
but it's about let's set let's set something good tomorrow. Let's get something going for the rest of the series, the rest of this year, the just the whole nine. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how they respond going forward on Saturday when they play the second game of the series because. Look, Dustin May pitched really well for the Dodgers. He went four and a third, seven hits, one run. He only threw 60 pitches. He pitched really well. Coito and May's stuff were electric tonight. They're moving on all their pitches, their sliders, their fastballs were moving great. But I think that they just got to figure out how to, to respond. You got kicked in the teeth after May went out, and that shouldn't happen. And you can't waste good Johnny Coito starts. It happened too much in Cincinnati, and it's happened too much in San Francisco. It happened plenty in Cincinnati, I'll tell you. But speaking of Dustin May, he makes the start out of nowhere because Clayton Kershaw, the three-time Cy Young Award winner, my pick to win it again this year, um, is hurt again. The back issue flares up again. Cody, give me your thoughts. It's going on the IL 10 days. So, definitely from Kershaw's perspective, it's frustrating because this is the fifth or sixth time you've been on the disabled list because of a back issue in your career. And it's more frustrating when you hear that it was in the weight room. It wasn't... It, look, it could have happened in the worst place. He could have slipped and fell on a pot or on a potted plant or something. It happened in the weight room, which <laughs> I don't know why I said potted plant, but hey, it's 105 in the morning here on the Big League Show. But... As the Giants officially go to 0-1, so that's fun. So the road to 59-1 starts now, but... <laughs> I love it. Love it. One game back, though. One game back. Uh, for the One game back, but I got right in the race. Yeah, but <laughs> I think tonight was a, <laughs> was a huge opportunity for the Giants, and they just were not able to capitalize. Because Kershaw, like we were talking about, being out, and that's huge. Every team in the National League West is now looking up at the Dodgers and saying, okay, you're without David Price, you're without Clayton Kershaw. However, there is a man called Walker Bueller in that rotation who's going to win a couple Cy Youngs in his career, I believe. But everyone else in the NL West, they have a little bit of hope. And you know Mr. Logan Morris, a.k.a. Loganity, a little hope in baseball goes a long way. That's why the Giants won their three World Series. It was not based on talent, it was based on hope. It does go a long way, my friend. And I have to ask, I have to ask this question. Clayton Kershaw, arguably the greatest left-hander of all time. Clayton Kershaw, arguably the best of his generation. We can discuss that in depth another time. But given that another back injury happens in the weight room before opening day in a delayed season due to the COVID circumstances, I'm going to ask a very... Uh, very interesting question here, I do believe. Is it time for Clayton Kershaw to think about uh, his exit strategy of his playing career? No, I don't think so. I think it was more of a fluky injury this time. You know, I don't I don't know the specifics of what he was doing in the weight room. Maybe he lifted a weight wrong. Maybe it was after he got that one to set. But I think it was more fluky this time as opposed to, hey, he's throwing 100 pitches for eight straight weeks. And he's just getting fatigued that way. Because, you know, Logan, his windup, his delivery is focused on his back more than probably any other pitcher I can think of right now. <laughs> Certainly, in, in in baseball as we speak, uh, the back gets a lot of torque from the way he, the way he delivers and winds up. Uh, I just, I know it's got to be disheartening for, for Kershaw, but it's also disheartening for me as a baseball fan because it's 
just I had talked about how I think this is the year that Kershaw gets back to being Kershaw as far as like he might be the best in the game this year. That's my belief. I thought he'd be benefited from this time off. And a few hours before first pitch, he's going on he's not just missing a start, he's not just getting scratched. He is he's missing he's going on the IL ten day, gonna leave probably miss at least two starts, uh, including tonight. And it just you do. You be, I'm sure he begins to wonder: is is it worth all the grind at this point? Because can you come back and be Clayton Kershaw? Can't, it, it's not how you want to start the season. It's just not. It's not how you want to start the season. No, it's not how you want to start the season. Sorry, my cat is walking right across the keyboard here, but you saw her tail across the screen. But no, it's definitely not how you want to start the season. And we talked about it. As she's now crawling on me, so. Definitely not how you want to start the season. It's frustrating because we enough mention of it, of how important this stretch is. Like, missing one game or missing two, three starts, this season's missing about 15 starts. And, like, a... Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, look, I, uh, we'll see about Clayton Kershaw. We'll see if he's able to bounce back. Uh, Cody, can we grab a break real quick yes, here? Yes, sir. Because, uh, uh, yeah, so we're going to take our next break right here on the Big League Show. And when we come back, what are we going to discuss, Cody, later on? We are going to give our postseason predictions, all 16 of them right here. All 16 of them right here on the Big League Show. Don't move a move. This is the Big League Show, late night edition, though it's going to (laughs) air the next day. I can tell you that. But it's 10 a.m. here. The Big League Show presented by Ohio Media School. In sports, you want to have a player that can get the job done right every time. A real all-star, somebody that's dependable and you can turn to when the game is tough. That player in the audio-video industry is the theater. From setting up your home's Wi-Fi network and offices, conference rooms, to setting up home theater inside or outside, to setting up the systems to make your home run smarter and safer as well, the theater people can do it all with the quality of professionalism you can expect every single time. That isn't just a great all-around player. That is an all-star. That is why we are the leaders in audiovisual installation in Central Ohio. So call us at 614-604-6327. Or check out our website at ttpcolumbus.com to figure out which products will fit you. And don't forget, amplify your personality with the theater. Do you have design ideas for t-shirts but you're not sure where to go? Go to Mojo Sports Gear. That's right, Mojo Sports Gear. And Mojo Sports Gear, you can get custom-made shirts. Whatever design you need, Mojo Sports Gear can provide it. Don't forget to grab a custom-made cap on your way out and rock the best headgear in the game. Give them a call at 614-864-6656. That's 614-864-6656. We're back here on the Big League Show, presented by High Media School, the late night quarantine opening night edition. And Cody, there's only one thing left to discuss today. We've talked a lot of baseball. We have the two-hour edition in the studio. Now we're having another, let's say, one-hour edition, late night at home and alone. There's only one thing left to do. Let's make our postseason predictions. Now we know it's going to be 16 teams. Let's go with the first. Your eight AL teams. So Give it to eight. Me. 
my eight AL teams, I'm doing this in order, so one through eight. So my first three are the division winners, so Minnesota, Oakland, and Tampa Bay, which we talked about on the big league show today. And then four through six, so the runner-ups in each division, and ranked in order of how they'll finish record-wise. New York, Houston, and Cleveland. And then seven and eight, the two teams with the next best records. So the White Sox and Rangers are my playoff teams. So to recap, Minnesota, Oakland, Tampa Bay, New York, Houston, Cleveland, Chicago, the White Sox, and the Texas Rangers. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. All right, I'll give you give you my first uh, out of the West. We got to start AL West. Um, Houston. Houston means that I'm one step closer to you, as the classic song says. The AL Central. The AL Central. I'll take the Chicago White Sox. The AL East. I would take the New York Yankees. Now that that's your that's your division, right? Mm-hmm. Are we yes, good there? Sir. We good there? Just help checking. It's late. Okay, it's late. Just want to make sure I'm not forgetting something. All right, your next records. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take the Angels for the AOS. You know, I'm an, you know I'm an Angels guy. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Madden guy, even though I'm trying not to suck. That's all, all we live by. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Angels, and then I'm going to take I'll take the Rays, and then I will take the Minnesota Twins. So there, there we go. And then your next two, your 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 final two. Now that we're expanded, I have to take my word back a little bit. I have to. I I gotta go. <clears throat> number one, gotta go Oakland. Okay. And then I gotta go again because they've expanded and the window's not that far closed. The Cleveland Indians. Boom! Look at that. Talking yourself into the Oakland Athletics and Indians. I like it. Today, you know, I was sleeping on them, but then, but then the baseball gods said, uh, "Look here, young man, they're gonna play a little postseason ball yet." So that's my eight teams, and and we'll we'll see what happens, and uh, we'll have look at that nice graphic there, Cody made. Look at that nice graphic, Big Co made. Yes, oh, you put me on the spot now. Big that's league, crazy. Big, big league, big league graphic. Absolutely, big league. <laughs> All right, Cody. Give me NL teams. So once again, in order. So one, two, three. My division winners: the Dodgers, Reds, and the Braves. Four, five, six. The Cardinals, the Nationals, the Diamondbacks. All runners up. Four, five, six. And my two non-runner-up or division winners: seven, the Milwaukee Brewers; eight, the Padres. So one through eight again: the Dodgers, Reds, Braves, Cardinals, Nationals, Phillies. Or excuse me. Cardinals, Nationals, Diamondbacks. It's late. You know, it's almost 2 o'clock. We're good, though. Let me restart from the top. Dodgers, Reds, Braves, Cardinals, Nationals, Diamondbacks. I almost said Phillies again. Brewers and Padres. So those are those I like are it. I like it. All right. First, we got to go. We got to go with the NL Central. I'm going to go my Cincinnati Reds. No question about it. Uh, head out west. Of course, I'm going to take Mookie Betts. And the Dodgers. You're going to go with the East despite their issues. I'm still going to go with the Nationals for now. Uh, the Braves had themselves a bit of a loss. Cole Hamill now uh, out most of the season, if not all of it. Uh, so I'm going, to, I'm going to go Nationals there. Next two, I will 
head to uh, the land of the brave, the Atlanta Braves. I'll take them. I'll take the St. Louis Cardinals, much to my dismay. And I will also go ahead and take... Mm, Boy, it's it's a lot to think about. It's a lot to think about. It's a lot to think about. I'll take take the D-backs. Take the D-backs. My final two. My final two. The Milwaukee Brew Crew. And... uh, the fighting fills. Fighting fills. Yeah. I like it. Boy, this, this is getting wild. So now, now. we got to put ourselves getting... on the spot again. What are out of these sixteen? What's our World Series pick? Uh, I'm going to throw it back to two great historic franchises. I think it's an odd year, and I think there's two teams that are more built to win right now than any other. And I truly believe it's the it's the New York Yankees versus the Cincinnati Reds in the World Series. Oh, they both are just right. built to win right now in a 60-game sprint. I believe it's the Yankees versus the Reds. In a 162-game season, I'd feel different. But a sprint, get hot at the right time, because the Reds are a team that have always had ebbs and flows, and they've spent so much money. And Nick Castellano said it himself. What's the expectation? He was asked, what's the expectation now that you're here? Win. Simple. Win. Trevor Bauer wants to win. Joey Votto, dying to win. And, of course, look look at Stanton, midseason form. Judge looked good. Garrett Cole. But let's not sleep on the Reds rotation. Let's not, I mean, we arguably the best starting rotation in baseball. Ranked third currently by most mm-hmm. experts. So I, got, I have the Reds and the Yankees in the World Series. It's not a homer pick. It's that it's a 60 game that changes things. 162, I'd feel otherwise. But 60 changes things. I like it. I like it. Bold. That's why they call you Loganity right there. So, I had this World Series pick before the 16 teams were announced. I don't know if the 16 teams changed your pick, but the 16 teams didn't change my pick. I'm going, you're going to like this. And obviously, I'm not a homer because I'm not a fan of either team. I'm going the Cleveland Indians against the Cincinnati Reds. The battle for Ohio to determine it. A battle for Ohio. The Ohio Cup will be on the line in the World Series, according to Big Codissery Chicken. I was going back and forth. I think the Indians, this is their year. I think their window is still open. I think the Indians are going to make the World Series in the American League. They're going to outpitch the Yankees, and that's going to matter in a short series, depending on when they play. So, and then the Reds, look, I think they're, if not one of the best teams in the NL, maybe in the entire league. I think that's not debatable. I was going back and forth debating whether or not St. Louis should be in the spot. I almost put St. Louis in the World Series, but I have a lot of questions about them. But hey, if Nolan Arenado goes to the Cardinals, look out. We shall see what trade... Yeah, we, we're not factoring in the trade deadline. And Cody, before we get out of here, remind us when that trade deadline is. It's August 31st. August 31st. And that, 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 my dear friends, that, boys and girls, that, ladies and gents, that big leaguers could change yep. everything. And Cody, I like it. You've got a battle Ohio World Series. I've got a Reds versus the Yankees, a throwback to two historically great franchises. 
I mean, look at hey, if it happens, it's what thirty-two rings between the two of them. Of course, the Yankees have twenty-seven <laughs> of those, but yep. still. Uh, nonetheless, two historic franchises, and with that, Cody, I believe it's about time we get out of here and uh, and head to bed. And when we say head to bed, we'll be up and, and at them when this show right, is airing. But it is you'll be getting ready for the Red Flag show. I, I will, but it's one thirty a.m. Friday morning as we speak on July twenty-fourth. By the way, who'd have said on July twenty-fourth? The Reds are tied for first place, and the Giants are just one game out. Yep. That's beautiful. About Baseball that? is beautiful. I can't wait. Look, either the Giants, you still have 59 games left. Either the Reds, you still have 60 games. So let's have some fun with it, Logan. That's, absolutely. We're gonna, we are going to have fun, and we're going to keep bringing you these special editions of the Big League Show. Hopefully, weekly is the plan. we got a lot going on for Scoring Network. And, of course... Catches every Thursday, live, 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 in living color, 2 to 4, every Thursday on the Score Runner Network. But we're going to get a lot more Big League Show content. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at The Big League Show. we got a lot coming on. And in the next, in the coming weeks and months, we're going to announce a Patreon. You get ready. You get ready, Big Leaguers. Can't wait. You get it's ready. Big League. Just take the ride. Opening day is here. It has happened. Max Scherzer, Garrett Cole, it did happen. Garrett Cole gets the dub. Johnny Cueto looked good. Kershaw's back on the IL. Baseball's back, boys and girls. And Mother Nature made her impact. So with that, Cody, any final words? I think today lived up to the hype. Both teams, you know, Kershaw obviously being out affected it. But I think both games were good. The second game kind of lost headwind a little bit towards the end, obviously with the Dodgers blowing out the Giants. But I think overall, before the rain, I think Scherzer Cole lived up to the hype, and Giants Dodgers lived up to the hype, even without Kershaw. So I think it was a good day all around for baseball, and I'm so excited to see what happens here going forward. What do you say we do it again tomorrow? Yes, sir. Let's run it back tomorrow. Opening day. This was opening night, but now we have opening day, so we're just going to wake up and do it all over again. Christmas morning 2.0. Christmas morning 2.0 after spring training 2.0. For Cody Arson, I'm Logan Morris. Be on the lookout for, for us on social media. Like I said, at The Big League Show on Twitter. Give The Big League Show on Facebook a like. We're going to make this thing happen. And we're going to be on Spotify. You can catch us on all your favorite podcast platforms. The Big League Show. And until next time, until next week, let's play some ball. I'm out of here. See you.